0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Martial Way. My guest today began his martial arts journey at the age of 13 in Kempo, moving to Kyokushin under Sensei Hioki, I believe, uh, later with uh, Shigeru Oyama and going on to obtaining black belts in Judo, Brazilian Jutsu, uh, tournament fighting, full contact champion, ultimately creating his own system, Tetsu uh, Sorry, Tetsu uh, Bushijutsu. Um, it's, I know I say this with everybody that comes on here, but it really is, this it really is an honor. And, uh, I just want to welcome everyone to Marco Lala. Well, thank you. I, I didn't know
1: this makes me look really old, right? I'm going to take my glasses <laughs> off if, <laughs> no. that's, uh, if that's all right. How old so, are you? If you uh, don't mind me asking. I, I'm actually, I'm going to be 55 in September. So, uh, um, man, you look, great. you look great. Thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, been quite, you know, about a year ago, you know, I, I'll get into it a little bit, but, yeah, yeah. uh. But I'm a completely just re re obsessed with, with everything that, you know, it's funny there, there was a saying, like, you know, what would, uh, what would a, your 50 or 60 year old self say to your right. 20 year old self? Right. Yeah. So I kind of flipped it. You know, I'm, I was, I was just thinking the other day it's like, what would my 20 year old self <laughs> tell my 50 year old self, you know? And he would be like, you know what? Just F it, man. Just do it. What, do you, what are you want you doing? go, just go, go, go get your dreams. and i think a lot of that's lost today it is uh,
0: i believe so too
1: so uh so my 20 year old self and i'm looking at i'm seeing that through my son's eyes too at 20 i have to bite my tongue a little bit because i want to keep him focused and dismal but i'm like dude you're 20 years old man your whole life is your head. try this Mm -hmm. do that you know uh just as long as life's a buffet (laughs) life's a buffet but uh so um i i did i did actually um as I mentioned uh, earlier, before during our warm-up, uh, I, I did a, a crash course on uh, on your podcast, <laughs> and um, on my bike ride this morning, uh, just yesterday and today, I'm back up to about twenty, a little over twenty miles. I try to do that every morning. Wow, and uh, awesome. I. I I, I, it's, it's a, it's a hack. I don't know if it's common knowledge, but you know, when you, when you watch the YouTube, you put the speed on like 1.25 yes. or 1.5. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to all these guys at like 1.75, you know, or, you know, Pettis, uh, your instructor. For really, and really Reed, and like, at I'm
0: like, you know, it almost
1: made him sound more Japanese. Actually, when I think about it. It's, I it was like, us, you know, so, uh, I, 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 I just, admire what these guys did and you know i just i was having flashbacks from uh you know my training with uh Hiyoki and then oyama all right we'll the, little, all right
0: let's get into all that because honestly you've been giving flashbacks <laughs> to people lately too uh and we were again we were talking about it uh off air a little bit um like i remember you coming up like in the in the ads i remember the videos where you're doing the demos with oyama um yes like just man you were I'm telling you, I told you earlier. I get goosebumps. <laughs> like your your technique was incredible, probably still is. But you're kicking, everything, just man, you were. Uh, oh, you're, thank you. are a living legend, absolutely. I can't wait to get this story. Well, and like
1: we say, we're a legend in our own mind, right? But uh, <laughs> you know that, that goes all to uh, Sensei Hioki. I mean, um, you know, he this guy is was like the textbook of of just you know the movements, the philosophy um you know he, he never like separated he's like all right you got to be a great fighter you got to be strong your kata has to be impeccable i'm like oh, oh, oh. You know, i had no idea what, what's going on whatever he said yeah. you know he used to say stuff like uh you know the samurai used to train longer than they uh while you know uh then they slept so i'm like shit i'm gonna try that so i, I would <laughs> go to my backyard and I, I would pick a few katas and i tried to do them like throughout the whole night like i'd not sleep I remember waking up in my backyard in the grass, you know, my mother's <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing in the backyard? I'm like, Mom, this is how has samurai's training. <laughs> yeah.
2: they,
1: you know, they did it with the sword, you know, thousands of cuts, the same cut over and right. over again. So I always thought there would have been some magical achievement by, you know, by that dedication. And, um, you know, and, and just everything, he just exuded it. I mean, when I, when I left, Tempo. I was really I was young at the time I was still in eighth grade so that summer I started you know when I went into high school I started thinking to myself right I got to get serious so I just went into the phone book I looked up all schools I jumped on a bus like the first time by myself you know 14 year old kid I'm going to all these dojos mm-hmm. and I went to this dojo and and you know I met the, the guy that owned the school and then he was I think he must have been in Ushideshi because he came on behalf of the the Kyokushin organization that's how these guys did it that right, was their yeah. ticket to to uh to united states right you know there were uchi deshi in the headquarters that were like the guy was an accountant but he he was an uchi deshi for two years you know so in order to get to america so um so i was like oh you know i I saw like you know he showed me around the dressing rooms and i saw like a mattress like leaning up against the wall i'm like no that's that's impossible like oh so you live around here he goes yeah i live here
2: i'm like what (laughs) you
1: know he just uh, this is where I sleep. I just flip the bed down. I'm like, holy shit, this is like what that's what dedication. You know, I, as a young kid, you're like, wow, I, I guess that's what it takes to to succeed in in an area, whether it would be martial arts or what have you. So, uh, but in, you know the uh, and then when we were doing tests and things, that's when Shigeru uh, Socioyama would come in. So that even put him up on even a higher pedestal because right. that was our instructor. And I'm like, all right, if, if I got to be good for Sensei Hioki god you know god knows what kind of shape i gotta be in when uh, oyama comes to the mm. dojo so uh it was um and every class was just you know we were talking about fighting and everything like that it was just you know the, the business plan was the model was a little weird because it was um you know you trained for two or three hours you know there was beginners intermediate advanced each one was an hour so uh, at the end of the second class, which where everybody showed up, because that was the intermediate class. Right. Anytime you heard line up, you, you know, those magic words line up it was like, no, no, the class is not over. Now you're now you're ready. Everybody's getting their ass kicked. So we would all everybody would line up. And I swear to God, if there was 15, 20, 30, 40 people first, the instructor would just proceed to kick the shit out of everybody <laughs> in the class, you know? And that was after what we did was we lined up and then the, you know, lower belts, you'd fight the guy next to you. And then you would fight that guy would fight the guy next to him. and would go down the up the row. So imagine you're like the 33rd guy and you're watching like 20 fights, people, you know, broken rib or, you know, who's getting carried off the mat. And I'm like, sh- you know, you're sweating. You're like, and, and you know, the guy you're fighting is right next to you. <laughs> and you're going to be doing that. And you're watching this. And, um, and then, and then, then he would kind of like pit up, you know, uh, like these, uh, battles amongst the top students. He's like, mm, you know, let's see how, uh, Marco's doing today. Let's put these like three Brown belts up uh, against them, you know, mm-hmm. one right after the other, you know, and then after that, he would kick your ass. So <laughs> it, it, it would, it would just like, people would leave and I'm like, mm, I don't know. That's not really a good business plan. If you want to run a, a successful <laughs> karate school, it's like, you know, we want the toughest people here. Like, that philosophy is like is insane you know when you when you think about it but uh you know i go home you know you, you, you know i always say my mom's like well how was class you know i'm like you know half, i don't I, I never knew if i broke my ribs or not because i was always in pain <laughs> uh you know you know your legs you know from the leg kicks you're like mom the class was great i can't wait to go back uh, <laughs> the <laughs> next day <It's> like, <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> so uh but it, it was uh it was it was just uh, that's why you know like i said when i was listening to uh you know, uh, Pettis and, uh, and, read Reed and whatever the, the, the training was just, you know, but, but here it's, it was a little different. It was more self-induced. Like if you didn't want to do it, there was, you know, except for your instructor pushing, you it wasn't like you went outside and, and you're know you're, you talking to other people that trained you just thought you were from another planet. Like, Oh yeah. Hey guys, I got to go home. I got to do 2000 sit-ups. I'll see, you, uh, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, right. What are you talking about? <laughs> Who does that shit, man? You know? So, um, yeah, it's it was a, it was an obsession, and uh, you know, frankly, and it's funny. You mentioned with the magazines and everything. I've been coming back into this. I mean, I, the emails and and the the texts and 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 the posts that I'm getting is. Ins- I mean, I got guys like Marco. I was a teenager. One guy just told me he watched my knockout tape like 200 times <laughs> in a row when he got it. Uh, guys, now that are about my age said that the, you know the older material influenced them when they were a teenager. You know, it was, it was t- I mean that's I studied yeah. a lot of you know marketing and mail order and things of that nature. You know, I, I tried to design my copy, but I was always afraid to to make a real wild claim. Like even my my video how to knock out any attacker within seconds. Like I would have never done that if I didn't have a video showing me knocking people out. Like in a tar- right. like I, I, I couldn't do like a death touch video like because <laughs> right. how do you demonstrate the death touch right so um you know it, it was what my first product was actually my endurance training manual, phenomenal endurance training and what happened is all my products were the result of a weakness that i had i oh, yeah. and i researched it and i tried and i cataloged it i was almost like trying to create a time capsule encyclopedic note for myself, for my future. It sounds crazy. Cause I, maybe it was like, uh, you know, somewhat like I can feel it inside. There might've been a time maybe where I, there was going to be a gap of my serious, serious karate training. And now having listened to those guys on your podcast, I can understand because there's a point in time in your life. You're like, okay, do I eat? Do I, do I raise a family? Am I going to get a job and things of that nature? You know, and I, I did some serious, you know, uh, lateral moves, Mm -hmm. But, um, so all those products, phenomenal endurance training. So my, the books were first. Mm -hmm. And then when I compiled, I had a, I had a list of a couple of thousand people. This was all on index cards in a black plastic box, right? I was in printing. I studied marketing and so forth. So I, I won the 87 lightweight championship and around 90, I'm, I, I'm running, I come home, there's a bubble envelope in the mail with a VHS tape, with a handwritten thing, you know, 87 tournament. I'm like, what the hell is this? It was the whole tournament, it? you know, videotaped. And I'm like, holy shit, this is me like knocking everybody out. <laughs> and it, literally I'm, on the next run, I'm like, you know what? I think I can make a video where I showed how I trained and worked up to that. It, you saw some of it, but not much bits and pieces. So I, I created it. I, I, I actually typed up a letter, you know, to my current customers. And I'm like, hey, guys, uh, you know, here's a video of me actually, you know, how to knock out any attacker within seconds. It's cool. It's got fight footage and stuff like that. I think I sold like back then I was competing with, um, yeah, I don't know if you remember Panther oh, yeah, uh, yeah. productions. Oh, yeah. So, oh, you huge. know, like fifty nine ninety five. Yeah. So I sold like 200 copies. Uh, I don't know what that works out to, but that's how I paid for my wedding my wedding oh, wow. receptions. Yeah, so was cool. with, with that video. And then I realized, shit, it's not going to be one video or one book. I, I I started then creating categories, as you know, like stretching and then leg kicks and then my iron defense. And and then with the grappling, which we can get into, it was a whole nother, you know, at some point, people didn't even know I had striking art was my foundation art because, uh, you know, yeah. I, I started putting out these videos. And again, just in the same pattern of uh, like systematically trying to, you know, put the techniques, how I would teach them, drilling them and so forth, and then putting them on the video. I did that all for myself in my classes, but I I, I figured if I'm going to survive, I got to figure out how to monetize that, mm-hmm. you know, because I had a dad that was just like, he hated the whole concept. I mean, before I even got into martial arts, baseball was my thing. Right. And uh, I think I was, I, I was going to be a professional baseball player. There was absolutely no way I wasn't going to uh, be a baseball player. I uh, started when I was like, uh, I think seven or eight. Played mm-hmm. baseball, and uh, I just got intimidated when I got into the bigger leagues, and that's probably part of the reason why I looked into weight training and martial arts, and it just got sidetracked.
0: But baseball oh. was
1: my thing. And, uh, and uh, on uh, that
0: note, though, when you got did get sidetracked, I know you started in Kempo. What's the, what system of Kempo did you do?
1: I think it was called American Kempo Karate. Yeah. So the guy my, that, still has a school.
0: That was my <laughs> foundation. Was did you do? So did, did you do Ed Parker style or Tracy's
1: or? I, I I'd have to go back and find out what, exactly what the lineage is, but he's right here. He's uh, in in Yonkers. The guy. Yeah. I think it's fifty years. It's the same. I mean, if that isn't a wow. testament, he was that's the true. nicest guy. Did it part time. That wasn't his full time thing, but he had somebody just a student just bought. I think the school a couple of years ago, but. What what I found interesting about that was the curriculum was a, was like flipped. I you, remember. it was privates. That's
0: was right. All I did the privates. same thing. Yeah, you did private and, and then during the private, week you, you do. Learned all the
1: moves, yeah. And then yeah. you had some group classes where yeah. you did pad work. And I, I think this I think I think that's lost a little bit in a lot of the traditional karate schools because some when you when you think about martial arts, like you think of like I got into karate because I wanted to learn how to defend myself, right? Like yeah. getting choked over a hood of a car, somebody put you in the headlocks or whatever, but then when you start doing the katas and tournaments, you kind of get sad and you're like, oh, I'm going to, my kicks, and then you, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, what about self-defense and everything like that, so I that, that, that's why I always envision, like, you know, if, like Kyokushin, the way we did Sanchin basics, like, you know, there were the 10 or 20 hand techniques, the 10 or 20 kicking techniques, we did it in the Sanchin stance, I said, "What? why don't, if we just we, weaned that down a little and then added uh, drilling with, like, Take down, headlock, or whatever. So conceptually, it's like you could be the, the the most badass fighter because you have the foundational training methods of like a Kyokushinkai traditional dojo, but with a little bit more. Uh, not, I wouldn't even say open mindedness just a, 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 you know added curriculum you know if that makes any sense it, it uh, makes perfect sense
0: and it is a lot I, I want to talk to you about uh, so you, mm-hmm. at some point though you transitioned from kempo to kyokushin what why yes. did you uh, did you get a black belt in kempo or at that point no And
1: I, I i was there for like maybe 2 or 3 months oh, okay, uh, while to okay. okay. the 8th grade and okay. uh, so how I did you end that, up in kyokushin well that well that, as i mentioned before what what i did was i i loved i just loved the idea of the martial arts but in In a strange way, I was almost embarrassed to go back because I quit. if that makes any sense. I, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. you know it, it's it's strange. I, maybe I wanted to try something a little different. So I took a bus out as furthest as I can go, and it just happened to be a Kyokushin karate school. I mean the way fate sometimes right. happens, you know, yeah, that's you wild. know, I, I just happened to stumble on you know, an affiliate of Masoyama, <laughs> you know, one of Masoyama's affiliate schools, right? His yeah. biggest disciple, you know, Shigeru Oyama. You know, yeah. with another crazy Japanese guy that was teaching, that was, that lived in the dojo. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy cow. And uh, I got, I got um, within six months, I think I skipped like two or three belts when I when I did the first promotion test, Soshu, uh, Soshu Oyama. At the, at that time, he was called Saiko Shihan Oyama. Yes, and um, uh, I, I got promoted a couple of belts after the first test. So, uh, uh, Sensei Yoki said, listen, I, I want to work out a deal with you. If you help me teach the kids' classes, because nobody liked to teach the kids classes because they didn't have it wasn't the philosophy now where now it's all uh, psychological you know like the forty minute forty five minute classes you do a lot of fun drills no their classes were exactly the same as the adults they were like three right. three hours you did the same these kids were like after fifteen minutes you know they he used to hang them by the, the the belt the OB, there were beams going across I would come to the class and they would be like ten kids Jeez. hanging off because they, they would. They were all misbehaving in the class. I think they did it on purpose because they all wanted to hang off. The can kids. Imagine you imagine you did that today? Yeah. Oh my god. And th- that that wasn't even bad. I mean, I used to have, you know, the Chennai. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I would have one parent that would come up to me. Goes, you see that sticky guy there? Can you hit my kid a little bit harder? You know, so you can, you know. And then another one would be like, I can't believe you do that. You know, you hit kids with that with that wooden bamboo staff. I mean, but uh, but so what happened was he goes, look. I, I did so well because I tried to model his training, teaching methods uh, in return for teaching the kids. <laughs> I got free lessons. So right. I went every day. I would teach the kids after school, you know, 4 o'clock for like two hours. And then I would do the three one hour classes uh, almost every night. And then wow. and then on the weekends, um, then I used to try di- different uh, challenges like the school was about eight and a half miles from my home so I, I tried a couple of times to run to the dojo then took the three-hour class i never made it back though i mean uh and even in the class i'd be doing push-ups and like blood's coming out of my nose and I'm like you know wow. this uh, something doesn't feel right here but <laughs> just ran like eight and a half miles we're doing like three four hours of karate training after yeah. that but <laughs> but uh it was interesting time so the kyokushin was purely just a hat like a you know one of these Happy little accidents, uh, you know, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, and that's how I ended up training at the uh, the, the uh, Kyokushinkai dojo.
0: That's, I was just act, as you're saying that I was trying to. I can't find it here, but you would know. Is that the same dojo that uh, like Nanomia, Willie Williams, and William Oliver? and those? No, guys? they were
1: in uh, that was in Connecticut. Oh, but, okay. Um, but in uh, the the Scarsdale dojo where I trained, in there's clips of uh, Nanomia right doing bad work in that in that dojo that thing that was that dojo was like a an incubator uh wow. for a lot of the japanese guys at the time uh you know the the uh in connecticut i think that was like one of the main uh i think that was like the main headquarters for a social a yama's dojo I see. then they had the scar it was called the scarsdale dojo it was actually uh his partner was an american guy that that owned that Now, when I I got my black belt and Hiyoki left for Arizona, like not many people know it. I mean, this guy, Sensei Hiyoki, he's like just like obscurely teaching in Arizona somewhere. I don't even think he has patches on his gi. I mean, this guy's like. Yeah, he doesn't. He he
0: wears nothing. I
1: mean, it's just uh, when I think about him, uh, it's he completely influenced my whole life going forward and just, you know, as a second father figure. How so? Just
0: his teaching style, presence. What was it? What what was it about him? His
1: dedication, right? His dedication to the art. You know, uh, like like as I was, I mean, it, I, we would just talk about everything. I mean, a lot. Of, at one point, it was really uh, the discussions were about you know, like uh, life and business and money. He's like, Marco, look, as long as you, if if you're passionate about something and you pursue it, those things will take care of itself. And that mm. that always stuck to my mind. But you know, but when you hear. You know, like when, when I was listening to the guys like with, about like Pettis and uh and and um Reed and everything like that, it's 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 that part of the art, like you know, the way everything's split off and every I mean, a lot of it is politics and money and everything. It's all, I mean, t- to have a dojo, like when I when I taught a few times at the headquarters when it moved to Manhattan, mm-hmm. it would be like two, three hundred students there. You walk in there, it's like everybody just like,
0: Oh, yeah, I saw, walk there, in, I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. That. wow, that thing
1: is that's insane. Yeah, uh, I did. I did a couple of stints when uh, when uh Yama went to Japan. He's like, "Hey, why don't you stay t- in the dojo for like a week or so?" So I was always the round eye, you know. When uh, with all the Uchi, I was always compared to the Uchi dashi. They always, they, they always put me in there to get my ass kicked by these guys. So it was, I, I, it was, it was a, it was amazing experience. But um, I remember when we did the the the, the videos, the world, like, the perfect karate videos. Like that's when yeah, I started thinking. Classics. I started thinking because. Uh, they did a whole promotion on that, and I remember, you know, the uh, articles in the Japanese yep. karate magazines. Yep. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to get too graphic, but I'm literally in my in the bathroom stall, right in the headquarters, like getting up, cleaning myself up, and I look down, and there's like a page flipped open on the floor of one of the karate magazines. I guess the uchi deshi just left it in there, and it's like a two page spread of me doing that split. Kick. Yeah,
0: I know. And That's I'm saying oh,
1: iconic kick. I I think people know me, you know, maybe <laughs> at this point in, in, in Japan. I'm like, and, and you, you know, you start thinking like, wow, you know how much effort. And then, you know, the, the, um, the, the schism was a little bit after, like after I won in 87, I did try to come back in, uh, I think it was like 91 or 92. I was already out of college. I was, I was like on two or three different careers. I was trying to figure myself out.
2: All right.
1: I decided to go back. I trained a little bit. I lost over 20 pounds within like a month. And here's where it got really crazy. Um, I I lost weight to get into the lightweight division. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So because I was kind of out of the scene for a while, I was like the perfect weapon. So there was an odd number in the lightweights. So they picked me and threw me into the middleweight division after I lost all the weight. And there was a Dutch team there. You know, Mm -hmm. these guys from Holland or whatever, these guys. Listen when when it when a whole team comes with their own fight doctor and (laughs) thirty guys with the exact same D's and I mean you you know these guys these guys fucking mean business man (laughs) so my first fight is in the middleweight division after I tried to lose twenty pounds within like a you know like four to six weeks to get into the lightweight division I think I went into two overtime rounds with this guy I got punched in the throat I was getting punched in the face my rib broke. And, uh, was, you know, after that, he's like, Marco, I can't believe it. With so little time you wait." He goes, you're going to Japan to fight. I'm like, uh-uh. that's awesome. He's like, uh, so I had, I had to come up with, I had to figure out how to get there,
2: mm-hmm. where to stay, mm-hmm.
1: you know, who's going to be my, I mean, just like basic, I'm like, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look for a job. And, you know, I may end up having to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to go somewhere, possibly, you know, I don't know if I'm going to come back alive or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I think it's time to kind of figure out, you know, it's such a different little s- situation for myself, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, but um, but you can't, listen, it, it happens at the highest levels in the biggest organizations. I mean, in the corporate world, it's the same thing, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. for me. But, uh, you know, even when I started teaching, um, you know, because I, I had a small dojo, I had about 50 guys. I, you know, one of the reasons I opened up a school, actually, because I was doing pretty well with the videos was I couldn't get it. I couldn't get credit card processed. It wouldn't, it was very hard to get for a mail order company because you didn't have a physical address. So I opened up a dojo, got an 800 number just so I can film my videos in the dojo and then sell the videos. Right. With the 800 number and the credit card processing. So I had, I never went more than like 50 or 60 guys and they were all either Brown or black belts. There was, I would say probably 25% were new guys. That would come in, but they all knew me from my videos and stuff. So I was right. just training that. So I was like envisioning, you know, now you see like UFC Center or whatever. I was like, I was already kind of envisioning, wow, it'd be cool to have a facility where it's like just top fighters from all over the world would come in and share their techniques and train, but with the with the traditional foundation, you know, right. that's how I ended up. I'm skipping over my judo, but that's how I ended up with Edson Carvalho in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because of his judo background. When I came to, when I moved from New York to New Jersey, and I was looking at looking at BJJ schools, I walked into this school and they were. I heard us. They were wearing geese, right. They were doing. They were kneeling. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in heaven
2: Yeah, you're
0: home. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah was, so let's uh, talk
0: about that that transition. So you went from Kyokushin. So what was the first step? Was it uh, was it to no, uh, it was Brazilian judo. 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 Yeah, I,
1: I yeah. trained with uh, Oishi Sensei. What I did was right. I had my dojo and. I was living the dream at the time because I was making money with the videos, the yeah. VHS tapes, and then uh, the DVDs. I transitioned into that. That was me yeah. becoming modern. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I would, so I started doing privates with uh, Oishi. The first class was amazing because this guy, at the time, was, you know, he's uh, he's got to be in his seventies now, so he's probably in his fifties. Uh, I took privates with him mm-hmm. um, first because what I did is I took privates there and then I taught in my own dojo. So I was okay. almost kind of using my dojo as an incubator, or, or or my students as guinea pigs to accelerate my judo training. Like everything, mm-hmm. I would have notebooks. Uh, every class, I made sure I learned at least one new thing. But it ended up being like a, you know ten pages of notes. Wow. On, you know how to do a rollout, how right. to do a you know a cross lapel choke, or whatever. And ironically, at that time, Henzo uh, Gracie started his. New York City school there with this guy, Craig cooker. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. if you know who Craig Cook mm-hmm. is, but that's, yeah, I do. That was their, that, that was their, they used that dojo. So I used to do, take all the judo classes and then sit there and watch Craig's class. And oh, that wow. That's after, awesome. Until after a few months, he goes, Listen, you, you got to either join or get the hell out of, get the hell out of here. I was like, Well, this is how Helio did it. No, he just, he, then he watched his brothers and then one yeah, day he learned. Right. Sports, 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 sports. <laughs> so that, so I was like, I'm just, I'm just learning. You know? <laughs> so, um, but, but Oishi Sensei, so for about a year, I did privates. The very first class, he goes, all right, knees down. So he goes, come at me. And I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this guy, man. Mm. As soon as I put my hand in, on his lapel, I woke up. And another part of it goes, <laughs> you know, I, and doing it. Oh, after, no, you froze up a bit. A lot of times. I was like, no, he goes, I'm like, shit, I got to know this. I got to know everything about this. And I just went on a on a mission. I, I, I would go down to the class with, you know, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, with the judo and jujitsu books like piled up on my passenger seat, you know, in my car. And then they're just coming back and taking notes. Wow. And then uh, then after about about a year, he's like, listen, you know, you, now you just know me. You got to come to the class and train with different heights, weights, you know, levels of skill and so forth. And, uh, I mean, I memorized every tile. I put that on my video and every <laughs> tile in the dojo from being his, he had, he had this ingenious <laughs> teaching method. It, this is what he did. I would go to class. He, the class was about an, the private was about an hour, mm-hmm. but he would hold me in a pin for like 40, 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then show me the escape. I'm like, this guy's ripping me off. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it was like, I mean, he was lighter than me, smaller than me, and it felt like a Mack truck was sitting on my uh, on my yeah, chest. All those pinning techniques. So, so when he said come to class, I, w- I was able to get my brown belt. I think within like 18 months in judo, and then oh, wow. I started entering tournaments. Now, I left karate because it was very political. I couldn't believe how political judo was. Like I was going into tournaments as a brown belt, and I, I, I my, my goal was always to win a championship day i have never got that far because i learned very quickly like every time i won you were supposed to accrue points to get your black belt mm-hmm. but even within tournaments if you weren't in the right organization those points didn't apply or, and i'm like shit i'm gonna have to it's gonna take me years and years and years just to right. you know accrue the right points with the right organization and, and i'm like this is even worse And th- and that was like wrestling like these guys They were a lot younger than me. I mean, they would go and do three tournaments on a weekend. I'm like, I don't have the time to that. I think I was like, I was in my mid to upper twenties at the time. It was like, I'd have to stop everything, you know, and start competing every weekend and travel around the country. So I just, you know, stayed there for as long as I can and taught at my karate school. Um, And then, uh, and then I, like I said, I ended up, I I closed, I closed my school. It was a very emotional moment, but uh, it was an epiphany. I was going to negotiate my lease with the landlord. Mm-hmm. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, you know what? Whether I have one student or a hundred students, this guy wants his rent every month. He doesn't give a shit what, what I got going on here. Right. I think I want to be that guy one day. So, because my uh, father used to always plant a seed in my mind.
0: I was going to ask you, you how you estate. got into real
1: estate. Okay. You got to do real estate. You got to do, well, my dad was pushing me, but you never do what your parents tell you to do. Right. right? Was, <laughs> yeah. You have to be defiant. And And I don't know if you know about the Albanian community. Like they own like about a third of the rental stock in the Bronx. Oh, wow. I mean there there are guys that don't even have high school educations that own, you know, 50, 100, 200 million dollars worth of, you know, uh multifamily real estate in the Jeez. Bronx. Some of these guys my father helped um, you know, like that he'll he'll like in back imagine in 1970s lending somebody like 10 grand and he buys a 50, 60 unit apartment building, you know, that thing's worth 10 million dollars, yeah. you know, today. Right. So he even though he never did it, we had a little six-unit in the Bronx that he sold, and we bought a house in Westchester. That was his foray into real estate. But he was always like, "Marco, you should explore real estate." I'm like, "Dad, you don't understand. It's it's very hard, and you know, we don't have the money to buy a building." Little that I know, a lot of these guys started as an agent. So I literally shut my school down, got my real estate license, dove into that, and um, you know. I applied the same principles of martial arts. That's why, like I said, when people say martial arts can change your life, it can. Um, I, I think I, I think I'm up to like I think I sold like about two billion dollars worth of real estate over the last twenty years. You know, and these are all smaller deals, sort of volume's insane. Right. And um, I have some nice closings coming up now. <laughs> hopefully, soon, <laughs> but you know, the COVID thing, with, you know, that's a whole different discussion. Yeah. But uh, but the commercial real estate. Uh, I became fascinated with and now it's like I'm coming full circle like I can just envision maybe owning uh, my own properties and having uh, you know having my own dojo Mm -hmm. in the in the true way that I think it should be Mm -hmm. and if I make money there wonderful if not I have these other avenues you know that uh, that I'm exploring but uh, you know it's it's a tough it's a tough tough business Uh, you got to you know you got to get into every fad (laughs) you know kids I mean at one point I've seen you know like how do you teach a three-year-old you know four-year-old karate yeah. you gotta have like a baby you gotta have like a diaper changing station somewhere or something <laughs> <in those laughs> it's like i don't know it's it's tough it's a it's a tough business you know uh, and you've and, always
0: had this entrepreneurial spirit obviously i mean like you started out doing these videos and books right now that it's i mean flash forward into real estate i mean it still has that same theme of like working for yourself
1: it, yeah I, I guess um you know i, I don't know you know, maybe it's uh, part of uh, you know the mentality. You know that my dad, having been uh, you know in in a communist country and escaping, you know, with with his three brothers, one was killed or whatever. It's like wow, during the, the, escape, the idea you mean? what's that? He um, was killed
0: during the escape.
1: Yeah, during the escape, oh, um, they had to like imagine, you know, like bury him in the in the in the mountains and then hope you don't get caught and then end up throughout Europe. That's how we met my mom in Italy. Right. uh france germany and what have you so the idea of being like self-sufficient and uh not telling not somebody telling you what to do i mean i' I'm, i've been in the corporate world listen i my, my success has been in large corporate real estate firms right. but the but the real estate itself you're always in your own business even if you're right. working for a large company sure, you know, yeah, you're yeah. in your portfolio yeah so so you live and die we have a saying you eat what you kill. Mm-hmm. Right. In uh, in commercial real estate, uh, it's not not the most, <laughs> you know, not the most thrilling uh, career opportunity, you know, like a, imagine. And, and I started when I was twenty nine. It's not like it's very hard to convince a kid coming out of college. Like, listen, you're going to make no money for like two or three years, probably go into debt. You're going to get your ass kicked on the phones every day. People are going to call you an asshole. They're not going to trust you whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's for me, man. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. Sign me you up. <laughs> I'm like, sign me up, you know, but, um, but listen, you know, the, the cold calling, I'm doing stuff now, like on LinkedIn and whatever, you know, like, uh, I've, I've trained sales agents and stuff. You know, I always thought maybe I could do something like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, man. I, I you know, I I have to sleep sometimes, create <laughs> yeah, right. you know I mean? <laughs> a whole course and training development and everything like that. So, Jesus. but, uh, but I, but I'm totally, uh, obsessed now, like I said, like just today, I did three hours this morning, you know, but, and, 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 and it's like, I'm not fighting anybody in a couple of weeks. So my train i've been building up my training and seeing where you know where i need
0: to focus on things and well i've even been the, watching you just over this past year or so in the during the pandemic like just on the social yes. media stuff and you transform little yourself. Like, yeah
1: um yeah. What, bicycling I'm, what, I'm completely obsessed with bicycling but what uh, inspired you to get right back into all this stuff uh well back uh, back in january of last year you might have had friends that may have had a bout of something like between November and and let's say February of 2020 when, when it wasn't really a big thing yet. Right. Whatever happened, it was about five weeks. Um, I was really sick. I was coughing my brains out. My body was completely sore achy. I was in bed for two days. I've never been bedridden for two days. I couldn't get out of bed. My wife has pulled out the old nebulizer from when we, my kids were, you know, eight. And you know, I'm like breathing this shit. I'm like, in the. I'm trying to create steam, like over a, you know, hot pot. So I called my doctor and he's like, yeah, go. I had a physical in March. So this yeah. was in January. He's like, listen, I'm going to see you in a couple of months. Just go see one of my colleagues. Guys like down my throat with a thumb to pester, you know, tongue to, p- yeah. nobody knew anything at the time. No mass.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, it looks like you have a cough here's a prescription for some cough medicine. I was like guzzling that shit at like three weeks <laughs> in, I'm like this is not doing anything. Yeah. And then, but then around that time, right. The end of November, you know, uh, what was it? The CDC. I mean, even as late as January 21st, they said there was no human to human transmission. I mean, these yeah. people don't know what's, I don't think anybody <laughs> knows what's going on, you know? So I'm re- I'm reading the symptoms. I'm like, Holy shit. I'm going to die. <laughs> Honey, I'm dying. I'm going to die. I got to do something. So, by the time March, sorry to laugh,
0: but geez, it's, it's funny. I, I
1: said you no know, because I was heavy and I'm thinking, oh, you get you know, overweight and this and that. Yeah. So. Um, so now time, you're
0: convinced you have the Rona.
1: Yeah, i I'm, I'm, I had it or what? I, I thought I had it yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But so by the time my physical came in March, he's like, oh, no, everything looks fine. I'm like, can I test for antibodies? He's like, well, we don't really uh. do that. You know, there's some hospitals that were taking volunteers. Like I was going on websites to see. I mean, there was no way to do it. it was it wasn't a formalized thing yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I just bit the bullet, and then on March 13th, Friday the 13th in March,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the doctor, it's like Marco, look, I know you were into like fitness and everything, but you know, just keep an eye on your weight. That's all I needed to hear. I'm like, keep an eye on my weight. The 14th, I, I, I got on my bike. I went around the block one time. I I talk about this in my uh, the free videos that I put online about my training. Mm -hmm. And there's a deck in my backyard. I went up it once and then down it once. And I did that 10 times. And then I would try to do it 12, then 20. Then I would walk up and run down, you know, because I figured with my weight, you know, it's easier to run down than it is run up. So I just, and then I put more and more on my bike. And before I knew it, like within three, three and a half months, I lost 37 pounds. Wow! Um, In June, I did my first hundred mile bike ride it took wow. eight hours and 30 Shit. minutes i didn't go for speed or anything it's just endurance i became obsessed with bicycling because you know people chuckle but you think a bike ride eh, i'm going on for a little bike ride you mm. know like a little girl with the things the flip <laughs> things on there but these guys take it seriously yeah and it, it, it doesn't hurt like it's, it doesn't have the impact right. of running yeah. or whatever so i'm thinking to myself this is like one of the most amazing exercises in in, in life so yeah. i thought i was a badass when i hit the seven ten you know, mile. Then I, then I started doing the, the bike trail that I take is about 18 miles. So I know for a fact, I'm doing at least 18 to mm-hmm. 20 miles. I did that. I, I did a post, I think it was over 180 day period. I did 163 rides. Mm-hmm. I did like 2,800 miles. That's the equivalent Jeez. of like riding across the United States of yeah. America, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, so that was been, that's been like the core of my training is I know that if I get the bike ride in first, it's an extended warm-up. Mm-hmm. And then I just pick, you know, eight or ten different stations, you know, I'll do like a rounds of bag work, Makiwara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll do some floor drills, like, you know, uh, bridging and rollouts and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So all of that is is in preparation for hopefully, you know, one day when we do get back on the mats a little bit more formally after this whole thing is over. But now I feel like I'm training for that. It's not going to balance myself you know look you know based on all these posts and everything now i'm doing a seminar uh, for a, a very very high level taekwondo school oh, right uh in pennsylvania cool. um uh, uh phil amorous uh mm-hmm. he'll he'll show uh a disciple pretty mm-hmm. cool i mean he's and he has oh really utmost, okay oh okay most respect for the oyama organization has met oyama you know uh, you know, incorporate a lot of that training into his dojo. So we're going to do something there. I'm going to fly down. I got another guy in uh, in Florida. So those have actually now becoming my. You know, instead of I'm going to be competing in the world tournament six months from now, like I'm going to do a seminar. So I'm like focusing on the curriculum and getting into shape. Uh, you know, that's and,
0: fantastic, and it's, uh, man. That's yeah. it makes yeah. it's, I, it's pretty I, cool. <laughs> I know a lot of people are excited about it, and including even like the, the people I know that knew you were coming on uh, this weekend. Oh, wow. like, awesome.
1: And he said, see, I can't, I still can't even believe that half oh, the time. Because, uh...
0: Like that's all I hear is, wow. He's a legend. He's a legend. <laughs> and so even, even my buddy, uh, Sheehan Terry Burkett. So we have this other show called real talk and, and, and even him and I have been talking, yeah, I this we've week.
1: interacted a few times. Yeah. Online, yeah. He's yeah. great. He's, he's, cool. a, he's a
0: hilarious guy, but, uh, and he and I were chatting even just like yesterday and stuff. And, and I know some things he even wanted me to, uh, talk to you about, um, because you have incorporated, like you went from Kyokushin, you went into the grappling and all the stuff and started incorporating all, and we'll get into right. like you creating your own system and stuff. Um, did you find, like, I have so many questions even around that. Yeah. Like,
1: I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you just shoot no, out the questions no, and I'll, i uh, no, no, okay. no. Cause I
0: never look at this like interviews. These are conversations. Okay. So it's just like, I said, having a beer, no problem. but these are my own that just, um, but, The grappling and stuff that you were doing, did you have, did you find anything, uh, I'm all over the place with this, but I mean, you've done all this kata, you've done all this stuff in Kyokushin, and I'm assuming when you learned kata in Kyokushin, uh, they weren't breaking it down into bunkai and application. You were just learning it. Now I mean, if we
1: did it down block, we interpret that as that's a down block. If somebody throws something at that level, it wasn't like very intricate or anything like that but, right
0: right and, and mm-hmm. it's funny you should say that because terry and i've talked about that one like coming out of okinawan systems they don't even consider that a down block that's that's a throw a strike that's right? my throat yeah, a throw, a throw, and, a throw. And, okay. and tripping somebody over your leg i can't do it, it here. makes sense and in your fo- over the, over your leg right so you're just knocking right. them over um anyway i'm just wondering like had, had you made any other connections like that when you got into grappling did you find like was it was there any use did you get any use out of the kata that you were doing from kyokushin
1: i don't you know I, I think it was just more of i don't know if there was a direct correlation of it and just mechanically somebody teaches you a move and you know how to do it so now right. it, and and this is where i have a problem with it like if you go if you go to like my son did wrestling in high school yeah like if i tried to show him how to do a takedown or a throw based on my kata and use it on the mat he would do even worse than he did, you know, when, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when he started, you know, cause you, you know, I, I was, I was watching, there was, I'm not going to mention the name, but there was like, there's a karate guy that is very famous online. And he did some move from, you know, where you do the, the, the uh, the back leaning stance with the block and this here. Yep. And he interpreted that as a front choke. And I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, if, if you think that somebody's going to instinctually, do a front choke. Let's say somebody comes at you with a tackle and you're gonna go in and do a front choke and hook his leg because you did that for five years. I'm it's not I, I just can't you gotta you gotta do it. You know, yeah. I, I think I explained in my in my tetsubushi jitsu what this I started seeing this when I was doing tournaments outside of the Oyama style. Um, you know, the point before I was doing full contact. So I would go to these tournaments like at uh you know at the felt forum at the garden or some high school mm-hmm. and you had every art imaginable there you know uh, wing chung uh, you know Shotokan, taekwondo whatever beautiful mm-hmm. weapons kata and everything when it came to the point fighting it looked like bad boxing
0: right <laughs> and, yeah.
1: and, and, and you know up to like a, like two tenths of a second the guy did his art and then it was just a brawl and then you're like oh man that was the worst fucking jab i've ever seen or or it looked like he tried to It looked like that guy was trying to take him down you know but Mm -hmm. he got caught and i'm like all right so why don't you do some jabs cross hooks and uppercuts because you know look i i don't you know i when i researched like i I heard one guy it was a you know something about like in karate there's no there's no answer to a boxing jab and i'm like what do you mean i'm like well you can tie sabaki you can get out of the way or whatever mm-hmm. but who jabs once mm-hmm. like how many times can you do tai sabaki on an eight or nine punch combination right mm-hmm. and then how, how are your blocks going to work there that's why i could I saw like you know uh you know oyama like the parry started becoming more of the formal you know blocking and so forth and so on it's you know i i've always looked at it when you learned the alphabet i don't know if you remember those uh notebooks that had the 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 solid line and then the little dotted line in there. And then you had to go up and down. That's to me, that was what karate was. Then you learned, you know, words, you put words together, sentences, paragraphs, and then, and then you learned graph, you know, how to, how to write in script. And that, that was like some you can't even read people's handwritings. But to me, that that's, that's what happens to your art, but you have to start with it, with a foundation.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But, um, the bunkai, I I've, I've always researched it, but I was like, you know, I don't know. Look, there was a guy, I, don't, I forget which UFC it was. And I don't think he was a high ranking knockdown fighter, but he, he did an embarrassing performance in one of the, uh, in one of the early UFCs. And I'm like, you know, that dude, you know, well, how come he didn't just like say he can like right into the guy's chest and pop his pop his uh, sternum or something like that. And like, you start thinking like, you know, I bet, I bet just, I get to get a little backup in my training, you know, uh, and, uh, but with me, it was more, it was like an obsession, like based on the, the Kyoko philosophy, flies, you can't lose, right. Mm-hmm. You know, that mentality, yeah, yeah, never yeah, give yeah. up or whatever. Okay. So if I'm, if I'm doing judo, I got to have that mentality in judo. If I mean, and then I started trying to figure out like, can I make my, can I make my striking more effective if I can at least hang at a, at a higher level? with my Mm -hmm. grappling because Mm -hmm. let's say I can engage somebody as if I'm grappling and go right into an elbow or a leg kick or something like that. Like the guy's going to be like, no, I'm going to strike, you know? So then you start thinking, can I go after his weakness or whatever? But, uh, you know, but I have the high, you know, my aspiration is there should be a Kyokushinkai like style. I think Blumming tried to get, explore that. You know, John Blumming with yeah, the yeah. With the, uh, the British. I mean, that was a, that guy was a psycho. I've watched some of his videos. Yeah. And, then, and then you offshoot, and I see like there's this, there's this other guy that he did some seminars with that was just fascinating. The way he combined, uh, you know the uh, uh, you know the the parries of like uh, you know the uh, enshin, mm-hmm. and then going into like uh, you know a, a fireman's carry and then a mm-hmm. leg lock. I'm like. You know that's what well, gets me goosebumps. are you familiar with kudo <laughs> well of course are you yeah. kidding me just passed away uh, yes you know yeah I mean, so well, i mean that's there a was, inter-
0: similar I, blend i think right? he
1: was a filth he i think he was involved with the blooming uh, uh they, I believe there was so, a, there was an affiliation yeah. there so like uh, to me i think that was that was on the right track with the judo and the striking mm-hmm. and what have you um you know the the one thing i have to say that you know it's funny you know the brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo like i chuckled because they there, there was a shiz of, now all these guys know that if you're in bjj you got to have a black belt in judo and vice versa you know my, my instructor used to say it was the two wheel two bicycle two wheels of a bicycle right? interesting so and then somebody else was telling me then uh you know the striking is like the frame and the chain and then you have the two wheels which is just it's like cool right, we can go, we, we can go yeah. crazy on that right and the throttle yeah. is, uh, is your endurance and all that yeah. so um but uh the kudo I, I like what they did, obviously, with the head, with the headgear, you know, mm-hmm. and that goes back. And I think I've seen some reference you had in the past with um, uh, Nanomia with the human face of karate when they when the challenge with Thailand. Yeah. But again, you know, if, if you're a real student of the art and you're you're training and then you have these disciples that go to Thailand, but they got they had to learn the system to a degree to to defeat.
0: Of the course. system
1: in a sense right they seek down yeah. a boxing guy or you know yeah. somebody that knew head punching and yeah. understanding
0: yeah
1: yeah and and to me i think that's the one benefit of what happened with the internet and youtube like you know i, I i'm a little i feel like i missed out about 10 to 15 years of social media because i was that guy right in black belt i had the videos and everything yeah and then i just you know if I did ultimately have a little website I converted from VHS to DVDs and then, but then I kind of disappeared. That's mm-hmm. when I should have been building up my two, three, four million followers, but now I'm jumping back in. But yeah. the one thing, you know, th- th- there was always an argument that you can't learn through video, you can't do this, you can't do that. You can. And I think I forget it was a documentary that I watched. It was like the Discovery Channel or something. There were these doctors. That volunteered their service. They went to like Africa somewhere, and they were doing surgeries. And there was something that they didn't quite understand. And I think some doctor faxed them, uh, you know, from the states, like diagrams, of, like how to do a surgery or something. Like, like, holy shit! I mean, this is not like sparring or fighting. This is like saving somebody's life. They weren't mm-hmm. familiar with the procedure. They got faxed instructions on how to do so. I'm like, that's what we should be doing as as martial artists. Strong foundation understand combat or whatever but then if i see an arm lock explained to me from from a legit master i i should immediately know how to integrate it right into my art either to defend against it or to apply it if it right. should uh it, sa- it sounds crazy but no not know, at all that's that that's to to be is what uh you know i think musashi was was striving for you know what mm-hmm. i mean in terms of his his quest You Mm -hmm. know, to 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 be undefeated, so to speak. I mean, that's uh, that doesn't happen. Like judo instructor, you always say if somebody's undefeated, they just didn't meet the right guy. You know, (laughs) you know, and in his dojo, you know, it was like if you won fifty one percent of the time, you were pretty good. You were pretty goddamn good. You know what I mean? If you win six out of ten times in in, in your in your training, you these guys undefeated, thousand fights. You know, there there were some some judo guys that that you know the whole thing with when you read about like the invasions like in Europe of the judokas mm-hmm. that came and they, they, you know, some of them got beat, but you know, the stomach throw, you know, with tomonagas the stomach mm-hmm. throw, like that was, that was a secret back then. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, but once the big wrestler figured that shit out, you know, it's all right. Now it's like, you got to reinvent the, you know, I got to figure out another way to get this, to get this guy. And that, that's how fighting evolves in my, in my humble opinion. You know to- what i mean so uh, to- that's to- my eight to- is philosophy
0: <laughs> but but i've seen videos though of you when back in the day when you were doing i'm trying to remember there was one video i saw you, you guys were training outside um i think it might have been a summer camp or something a kyokushin some but it was oh kyokushin. yes Kyokushin. Yeah. but yes. the way so you guys are sparring but there's there's trapping there's takedown takedown sweeps and yeah, stuff yeah yeah like they were yeah. doing a lot of that back i was trying then. to
1: keep up with soshu oyama's son uh so they were Yama. training that, that way like, well, it, uh, in this, in, in the, in the higher, like in the fight classes, yes. You know, they, they, there was like a fight team where that's where I think maybe the, the tie influence came in or a mm-hmm. little bit of the, you know, like, a the, 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 the sparring was different than the static punching or, or right. when you do the, 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 uh, the one step self-defense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the next level was the pad work or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to catch kicks and things of that nature uh it, it, it was it was an evolution but you, you're right I mean even back now that I think of it I'm, I mean sticking right on my mind that that sweep that uh uh Ted I Ted Oyama did uh was was poetic mm-hmm. so
0: um you know I and think that I think that grabs just, and
1: um yeah all, all the stuff that you couldn't really do a knockdown I guess right, right?
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah 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 you know yeah. listen I would heard I heard stories about uh Socioyama. I mean this guy Yeah, I think he did some bouncing and uh, from what I, there was a story I heard where like he would set the tables up in a certain way so that if there was some shit going on on the other end of the room, he'd be able to jump on every table (laughs) and be there within seconds. (laughs) And, and you know what the techniques were? Roin kicks. Roin kicks all uh, all the time. Sure, sure. (laughs) But I I can just see like, you know. Everybody's just like having a drink and everything like that, and just this crazy Japanese guy flying across (laughs) fifteen tables to get to to get to a you know a problem on the other side of the bar. Talk (laughs) about another legend! Wow, yeah. Uh, So how so that was uh, Oishi uh, Oishi in the judo, and then and then ultimately uh, you know uh, Edson Carvalho kind of blended it together, you know, because he started actually judo when he was like four, but then he was training with the Carlson Gracie guys. You know there's some stuff online, it's funny. Him and Walid Ismael, you know, the guy that choked yep, out yep, yep. boys like him, there was some bad blood with them. They got kicked out of uh a, a top judo guy in Brazil's dojo because they were fucking beating the shit out of each other. Uh there was like some bad blood there. So, you know, it's all that internet lore. But uh yeah, yeah. but definitely, you know, the Carlson Gracie uh lineage, they, they were more like you know, there's this whole thing inside, you know, about the, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu from the pure, you know, the it's yeah. self-defense techniques. Versus you know, the sports side. Yeah, the sports side with Carlson Gracie or whatever. Yeah. And again, yeah. to me, like, I would have been the guy, I'm like, what are you guys doing, man? You got to do both. You got to be, you, gotta, you know, listen, yeah. there's an interesting, uh, uh, there was a video there, this guy that I tagged along, uh, Tony Penske, uh, mm-hmm. online. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, he's in Japan right now. Learning judo, high-ranking Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. Even he even told me his his quest is to go check out the Kyokushin. That was his next goal. But uh, you know, but we would always talk about um, you know the integrating that. But there was a little video where he was in a in a jiu-jitsu school doing a seminar, and he took out I think it was a blue belt or you know uh, you got he had a blue belt takes a long time and he put Mm -hmm. the guy in a headlock, and and the guy didn't know like how to get out of it. I mean that's like. Class number one, you know, you understand. So, like, but I think if you went to ninety-five percent of karate schools and you put somebody in a real headlock or a scarfold, they'd be clueless. They'd be clueless. They would think they can punch their way out of it. It's just not. It's not going to happen. You know. You know. You always heard that, like Oyama, soshu Oyama, or obama I was like, oh, he was like a third degree in judo, and he had a kendo black belt. Whatever. It's like, why not? Why not me? (laughs) You know. I mean, let me. I let me explore that too. You know. Good uh, point. Or. Or do something crazy, like try to create the Tetsubushi Jitsu system and integrate all the only stuff. I need about two and a half lifetimes to get to that Yeah, no kidding. So Uh,
0: what inspired you you to do that at that time? Like, is just because you just wasn't available and you just wanted to pull all that stuff together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just, I don't know. I, I just looked at it as reality fighting you know yep. there's a couple of other guys there that was a big thing for a while too reality based uh, yeah. you know where you created these drills and you're walking around the corner i think uh tony blauer tony yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's uh he's pretty cool we did we actually did a seminar we ended up doing a seminar together it was like one of oh, jerry cool. beasley's karate college yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that i, I have I, my my brother-in-law who's uh has nothing to do with martial arts he was with me there we went to this thing my 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 wife was there, you know. My my daughter was like this. Maurice Smith was there. Uh, huh. uh, who's the big the wrestler? Oh my god! Just put oh. my tongue. The guy that the hoist tower, the big. Um, oh, he's got the mustache. A, oh, da, my god. Dan Severin. It. But it, you had all these guys there. Uh, Dan Severn. Dan Severn. Yeah. I did the I did the drill with Dan, you know, the one where you like you're like a monkey and you go around the arms and stuff like that. Like I did that at the seminar with him as a demo. <laughs> and uh, you know, Smith, uh, you know, Superfoot, all those guys. I'm like, I'm there and I'm like, holy
2: shit. <laughs> these
1: are all the guys I see in the magazines, and I'm at you know, Beasley's College doing a work doing one of the sessions there, one of the workshops. <laughs> but uh but Blau was cool because when he had the the panic. You know, with the, yeah, with the, the uh, Panther productions and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is, that's what it's all about. Like, how, you know, how am I, how can I, I, you know what? I have to admit, it's like because of the mentality of the Kyokushinkai training, it's like, you know what? I could do it better because I'm a mm-hmm. Kyokushin guy, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that was always my feeling with whether it be with judo or jujitsu or whatever. If there's anything that Kyokushinkai and that spirit of never giving up, that's what this is i did this purposely that's the one and only that's the one and only i don't have any i don't get that crazy my daughter actually has more tattoos than i do (laughs) but uh the the idea of never giving up to push yourself right endure endure pain you know because there's an aspect of it um that mentality can be applied in any art in any field of study and uh there there should be nothing that can stop you you know And, uh, and a lot of things, you know, happened the last couple of years. I lost my sister. She was 50. You know, my dad 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. I lost, I lost two training partners and my sister within a six month period in 2018 just completely gave me a different perspective of life. You know, uh, it's like, you got to go for it. You got to go for it because we, we're not going to be here for a very long time. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's, uh, but you know, the, the, the thing with business and politics and, you know it's 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 an effect. I remember I forget it was an interview that I read, you know, where they asked Masoyama, right? Because godlike on can kill bulls or what have you. They're like, what are you scared of? What are you scared of? You mm-hmm. do you know what that answer was? Mm. Poverty.
0: I'm like uh, what? Yeah. you gotta
1: be kidding me, man. <laughs> it's like, all right, I get it now. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like poverty's yeah. as big as fear. I'm like, guys got like 12 million members in the Kai <laughs> organization, whatever is like this guy lives every day you know to the to the moment you know mm-hmm. it's uh the you know it's just a, it's an amazing amazing philosophy that's why i said you know i'm going to pursue it why not I'll be good at judo good at brazilian jiu-jitsu because i know how to train and get to that to the level that i need to be you know it's just that is not enough time yeah. <laughs> you know now i see I'm, mma i think has basically almost become its own art i what i was uh, just going to s- ask you about you know, that
0: yeah what your thoughts i don't, on I don't
1: know it, It's the sporting aspect of it. I mean, look, you got kids now. I I see like eight, 10, 12-year-old kids, man, you know, doing, you know, leg kicks, knees, elbows, then going into uh, throws and then then flowing into pins and then going into locks. I'm like, that's that's insane, you know. But but the the one thing I think you have to be careful is because we've all seen those um, protégés. Like I remember there was a kid that I taught uh, when I was in the Scarsdale Dojo he was getting into magazines. He was doing point system, whatever his parent brought him to every class or whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? I don't think this kid's going to make it past 14 years old in, in the martial. Arts. He just got burnt out, you know? So, mm, you know, like I see a lot of these things on YouTube with the little, you know, there's that, there's this girl I we see that's beating up trees and shit. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I, know yet? I don't know. I mean, I, by the time she's 18, I don't know. She's probably going to be, I don't know, just, uh, you know, working at a, in a nail salon or something like that. I don't know. I mean, you know, there was that kid that was like ripped, you know, the yeah. shreds, uh, you know, what happened to him? I mean, I'm like, holy. Sh-. Did so you ever see the that,
0: documentary on that? There's a yeah, documentary, I did, I did, I did. I did. the follow-up. <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it actually, it, to your point, it did. It yeah, burnt so him out and he left the whole thing. And
1: That's why I think you have to have the traditional martial arts approach. Foundation. Look, there's. there's if you look at, let's say you go into the military, you learn mm-hmm. how to kill somebody, mm-hmm. right? But they're not teaching you to mind stuff. Right. See, I, I always looked at, like, the martial arts is, we're doing the same thing, but because of meditation and working on the spiritual side and how to deal with people, like the dojo is always a microcosm of life. There's a hierarchy. One guy's a badass, another guy's an asshole, this yeah. and that. So you learn, how to, you learn how to do that. Hopefully you have an instructor, know th- that through life experiences can coach you not only in the physical sense but in the spiritual sense and then also how to apply those principles outside of the dojo so mm. i think you know like you hear things like ptsd and things like that yeah. i think martial arts can help those situations unless it's just like it's a phys- it's a, chem- a chemical or physiological problem but you know but that's why i think you have to go to for inside your mind and mm-hmm. your spirit—you have to. I, I always taught you have to. You, you got to do it from the outside. It's hard to do it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of torture your body. I use torture, but train your what body you yep. to affect physiologically something—the mental aspect inside and the physical. If that makes any sense, you I know, whether it be adrenaline or, or what have you, you know, mm-hmm. breathing and yep. stuff like that. Like even like meditate. Like what do you do when you meditate? You no know, one. One instructor told me he goes, imagine a, a rough seas. Right, or a raging river, and you're trying to get to the point where it's just like a quiet pond that's a, that's like mirror-like. You know, when mm-hmm. and you start, I think he just I think he would just say that so we could distract ourselves from whatever else he was thinking of at the time. But that that's always kind of like a go-to for me. You know, it's well, like yeah. try to imagine, you know, focal uh, point calm focal point calm river. That way, like if even a pebble drops in there. You see the waves that come. That should be how you react to things in life, mm. as small or as big as it is. You can you can sense it. Yeah, you know, if that, that makes any sense at all? I don't, I don't know, but uh... it does.
0: <laughs> no, it <laughs> makes total sense. And, and on that note, like, how would you define your martial philosophy?
1: Well, it's um, wow. That's that. I uh, my, my martial philosophy is, is really is it's basically. Um, <laughs> the the word the, the acronym Prad, P R A D. I remember I used to drill it, drill it into my kids vernacular. Mm-hmm. So because when somebody would say what does us mean? Right. Was patience, respect, appreciation, and discipline. Mm. Prad, P R A D. Nice. And I don't know if my my, my, my son be eight years old, like Pratt. Brad, 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 you know what I mean? And like, you'll know what I'm talking about one day, you know? So patience, respect, appreciation, and discipline. You know, there's that concept of, you know, three years on a rock, you know, like Mm. who the hell would sit three years on a rock? You can't, (laughs) you can't accomplish anything. And I would, I would look it up and I'm like, you know what? Three years on a rock, you would create heat on your ass from sitting on that rock. You know, so you are at, you are actually accomplishing something from, 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 doing, from doing that. So, but you need a lot of friggin' patience to sit on a rock for three years, you know, yeah. but if you think about that conceptually, you know, in, any endeavor that you have in life, it feels like that sometimes you know, Absolutely. On a rock doing nothing, you know what I mean? And then yeah. boom, something, you know, something happens. Yeah. So, uh, my, my martial arts philosophy is completely, uh, embedded, entrenched, uh, a, a derivative of the philosophy and the spirit of us which is patience respect appreciation and discipline love it um yeah. you know that's that's uh, that's the that's the thing th- that i would express my philosophy as
0: do you have yeah. any re- any
1: regrets in your martial career um it's i wish i competed more you know yeah. it sounds crazy but i hated fighting that's why right. I train so hard. It, you, know <laughs> you know what? St. Pierre it's a, has a similar philosophy. I was That's just right. gonna say it. it. <laughs> I was just sucks, gonna say. <laughs> that shit hurts. So I would train and train and train and then and then even sometimes I don't like to lose mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. You know, but when uh, I, I did a little thing on my Tetsubushi Jitsu Inner Secrets video where I discussed like how my son got into wrestling,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: and these guys, they you know a tournament's coming up, uh, you know, and you're training for two or three, four matches. You know, these guys have 30, 40 matches. To me, I would have loved to got to the point where I can compete, win or lose, with that fanaticism, like that many. Right. I think that many competitions, though, I think also can backfire on you physically. Like, you know, yeah. having gone into judo and jujitsu, and there was that period where I didn't train for a while, I think it actually saved my limbs. To a yeah. degree, because I know guys my age already got like two two knees, yep. <laughs> fucking shoulder, the elbow, yep. this that. Yeah, I'm like, you know, thank God for now. I mean, I could Judd feel and Dick, both of them feet. have
0: hip hip replacements.
1: Hip replace. <laughs> I mean, that's to me that's. I can't even. I'm like, God bless. I mean, I, you know, had guys do it. I mean, uh, yeah. so. uh But I my only regret is I wish I competed a little bit more, and I did, and I and I pushed, you know, on a, on a business level. I just stayed with what i was trying to accomplish in terms of like you know the advertising and the social media and everything but I, but yep. you know i think i i think i tasted blood when i got my first like five and six figure commission checks when i was selling investment property so yeah that helped that, and that's <laughs> going to help me now because i look you know imagine training so hard like i've never seen so many broke people in the arts and it's it's little, it's sad it's, true, it's so you know i'm like this is not what I mean, I I understand passion and dedicating your life, but it's so hard. I mean, I came close to losing, losing it all a couple of times, you know, because of my dedication. It's the scariest feeling in the world, especially if you have life and kids and a home and this. So, um, you know, but, uh, but now, like I said, having the way I did my videos, the way I've I've made them encyclopedic, I almost feel like now I'm going to teach myself again, you know, even though I'm trying to stay on top of the new. You know, I did, I made it, I made a reference in my, one of my videos, like in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I think there's a guard for every letter in the alphabet now, you know, like A B <laughs> C D e, e F G. So it's like, all right, you, you know, let me, let me focus on the five this and whatever you can get, you can get sidetracked, like really crazy. But I do that's like your philosophy
0: think, of how you break things out like that. I well, love that.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I, and in, in a sense, I think that's why Kyokushin became such a worldwide phenomenon because it, it, it actually seemed to filter out a lot of stuff. And it, and, it, and a, the testament is it's his disciples like all over the world like these guys that broke off and started their own organizations but where did they but, come from? But you know? it dissipated
0: he, here like here I mean you're you're in uh, you're in Jersey I'm in Toronto we're mm-hmm. not that far from each other um, I actually I'm a very familiar cause I've worked in Manhattan for a while so I know it there um, but I noticed in North America that Kyokushin dissipated like it was really popular back like uh, when you were doing it and even earlier yes. and then it started fading out. And I've asked this to other people. Like, why do you think it was it? it was it just that, uh, you know, things like MMA coming on the scene and jujitsu? Or was it the training? Like, like we're, you were referencing the way you were training earlier and how hard it was. Lot, you can't do that anymore. Now, you'll have somebody <laughs> reporting you for some nonsense. Yes. It's, yeah. That's like,
1: part of it. I mean, I've never we're seen... We're in a
0: soft culture in North America.
1: I've never seen... You know, we... going a little off tangent here but our problem is our wealth yeah you know we 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 have so much wealth it's become an opiate like if you could sit on a couch and you got a thousand fucking cable channels you can get on an app get breakfast lunch and dinner delivered to you and you could still be relatively a poor person yeah we have the richest poor people in in the world in the united states you know you got a refrigerator you got running water yeah,
0: and they're still uh, complaining you got,
1: net, you got netflix <laughs> and still uh, complaining <laughs> can you imagine going to a dojo like five times a week and training three hours each time and right and breaking i mean i i've interviewed people coming you know guys coming out of like uh, ivy league type schools they want they want to make 100 grand, like coming out of school like in the first 90 days yeah you know and then if they don't like it they bounce around and go to the next job and the next job like this is i i don't know i don't know how to you know, I don't know how we're going to save that generation. You know, know things, things so tend to work its way out. I mean, yeah. you know, you know, when you compare stuff like I wasn't around, you know, you got you know, we had I always tell people uh, I get COVID. You know, we had two civil war. You know, we had a civil war, two world wars, revolution, <laughs> war, you know, yeah, the, the Great yeah. Depression, yeah. you know, then we had, you know, Lehman. Yeah. I think people bounce back. It's what you do at, at, in those valleys, right? Yeah, when you have the peaks and valleys, and yeah. and, it, and it can be scary sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, like I, I that was my biggest fear. I mean, I you know, am I going to have to like dumpster dive at some point, or you know, like I always said to tell my wife, I'm like, you know what, honey? My father used to tell me all the time, all I need is bread and milk, and mm. one room, you know, and a, and a and a bed. I'm like, this guy's this guy. What the hell did they do to him over there? You know, what <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, you know, when I, when I got into the arts, he's like, wait a minute, you spend all that time doing karate, you could be. I mean, you could have three jobs, you could, <laughs> you know, how much money you could make. You know, yeah. that's how he was with baseball, too. Like baseball, right. like when, when I got my first uniform, I don't know what those things are. You, put, you, know, you know, I forget what they call it like the, with the socks. Oh, you know, yeah. The, 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 yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm going through my first practice. I don't have socks on. I just have that thing on right. cleats. You know, my, my mom's like, they're all wearing socks I'm like shit. We got to go back home. Like they have no as like, what do you mean? You, so, like a hobby? What are you talking about? <laughs> now you gonna so that almost kind of like forced me to to justify all that training by the monetization, so to speak. You know, what I mean? yeah. It's like, yeah. No, I was no, just no, thinking no, that. Fine, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, everything's gonna be fine. You know, and then um, so it, it's just it's 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 really it's it's wild. But but getting back to now, it's like um, my you know I try to tell my kids. I mean, you know, a, an iPhone is is a thousand bucks. You know, and you got uh, the you have people that can't pay the rent and they have an iPhone. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't can't, uh, it's hard to, to, to <laughs> connect, you know, <laughs> yeah. but uh God bless America. That's, uh, you know, you know, our wealth, uh, but our, I think our wealth has become a little bit of an opiate because yeah. if you have all that, then you might think, oh, if somebody had a little less, they would still be good. And, you know, they, I think there's an altruistic feeling. I know I'm kind of getting off tangent here, but no, the, this is great. It's a socialist idea, no. but um, there's, there's a little bit of self-sufficiency has gone out the window and. Um, and you see that everywhere. Like, if I, if I come out of an Ivy League school, does a corporation owe me a six figure salary or do I have to work? Right. You know, I made $12,000 a year. I worked for a publishing company when I got out of college. Then I went to another firm. I jumped up to $23,000 a year. It yeah. wasn't like I worked my way up in that industry. I did a, I did a completely lateral move in a different industry. And I, dealt, right. I would call up my colleagues in the post. You understand? I just doubled my salary because I left your company and went to another company. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. You know, meanwhile, all along there, I was trying to. You know, print my books and learn, you know, learn about copywriting and all that stuff. Like, uh, you know, during a lunch hour, I run to the post office with bubble envelopes with my VHS tapes. See, that's you know, amazing, it was, uh, it was that's, an that's interesting, a, you know, that's work
0: ethic. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And it's a testament to you because you're right. I think, you know, we are in a suffering a generation that thinks. Things are owed to them for whatever reason, right. but right. it is. It, I mean, Terry and I talked about this too. It's 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 historical. You look at any great nation, uh, name any of them, the Greeks, any of them, they get to a point where it's almost like you're saying that opiate kind of uh, yes. uh, 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 right. philosophy, where everything is so good that there's nothing left to complain and work about. Yeah so right right up except those except
1: they was, those took about 500 to a thousand years i mean we're, we've see where everything's accelerating <laughs> Totally. Like, we were just talking like, about this like, last <laughs> night we were talking about this last <laughs>
0: night we the weather's great now so we had a little fire outside we're sitting around talking and we we're just saying how uh like yeah just the past like the acceleration in the past 20 to 30 yeah. well 100 years yes i mean massive you look in 100 years but even in the last 20 or 30 yeah it's just well
1: look look mentioned. at look at business i mean yeah. you know where, where was Amazon five, mm. 10 years ago at these companies, the disruption, right. it's like Kodak, oh, Kodak, or, or some of these other firms, Polaroid. Yeah. Um, uh, it could take decades. So like look at Sears, Sears and Roebuck, right. which was the Amazon of, of the 1900s. Yeah. I was just yeah. looking at old school pictures of how big their warehouse distribution centers were and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, they had, a, they, their catalog went to 20 million people in a country that had 70 million people that crazy? imagine. You I know, still remember that Amazon, catalog. That, that the thing was like this yeah. so the but now instead of it taking five or six years 10 years or 15 years for a competitor to come in it could be um six months yeah because they because of the dynamics in uh you know the uh, digital computer social media yeah you know what's that we you know google has uh, what is it they have a, a division where it's like moonshots like they don't want to see incremental improvement or something they're trying to change let's say the dynamic of one com- industry from one move you know like uh, elon musk you know who's trying yeah. to go you know go to the go to the stars go to yeah. mars you know for yeah, yeah. humans tra- you know basic travel. i mean these things where where they took decades or now it's taking years months and it could be like it, it sounds nuts but i can I, my Hope is I can create something that can go viral and, and you never know. Next thing you know, I got millions, you got millions Absolutely. of followers. Why not? A couple of thousand people order my set. I had a guy from the Philippines who was telling me, a Filipino master just emailed me last night and he's like, Marco, I've just lost a friend of mine like 25 years ago. We used to talk about you all the time. We never did Kyokushin. We admired what Masoyama did. By the way, uh, can you, you know, how much can you? discount your entire set <laughs> you know what i'm saying that's so, awesome The guy just bought The guy just bought like all 27 of my videos last night that's you know awesome. and it's you know imagine that times a thousand right well, or two thousand it's 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 possible anything it is possible. possible you can do that with a coffee shop a donut shop you know uh you know you hear about amazon destroying mom and pops but now the mom and pops got to utilize that you know right. get on instagram you know, get yelp this Create exactly. a different color, blah blah blah, and exactly. hype it up. There's exactly. so many things you can do, you know. Yeah. Uh,
0: and you know, honestly, when I started seeing you coming back on the scene, uh, I, I'm always looking. I I I want to promote people, and I want to promote Kyokushin, obviously. But and I know you're not you. You have a roots of Kyokushin, but you have all this other stuff. I want. Uh, that's part of the reason I wanted you on. I was like, yeah. well, I man, see you coming that, back, listen, and I want to promote him, man. Like this guy, I, is a legend. I, I can't,
1: I'm I'm actually kind of. I remember. I think my, my very first. I think i sent you a dm or something like that i'm like i don't even know mm-hmm. I don't, this guy i don't know if this guy's gonna know who i am i'm just like some <laughs> some, some <laughs> oh, assholes sending, asshole sending me this dm that he can he knows how to fight you know, you, you know what i'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, you get a lot yeah, of those. You
2: know, yeah. like, Shit. so
1: let me try to send them as much video as possible but so that you know, maybe maybe there's some validity to this but uh but that's oh, no, that's so man. cool i'm getting that. that i'm getting that vibe more and more from people and um and, it, and in a strange way look i'm i'm I'm. I'm going to be 55. I'm training my ass off right now. Every bone, every joint, every muscle in my body is telling me, you know, hello. You, what happened? It's resting. So, uh, so I'm trying to. I'm really exploring that. I'm looking at supplementation. I mean, I, I'm I was going to so ask you
0: obsessed. what's your what's your what's your diet like and things of that nature. Well, what now? I
1: what I what I did see so just like anything else from a progression standpoint. I didn't change what I ate. I mm-hmm. cut it in half.
0: Oh, so you just cut, cut the I calories I
1: control. Yeah. But now I am getting a little, like, what I have found that helped a lot is uh, is some fasting. Like, I do try to yeah, sometimes- Yeah, I do too. Like, me too. If I don't eat, if I, let's say, dinner at like 6 or 6.30, I'll do a good 14 to 16 hours, even though it might be a late breakfast. That that has helped me significantly.
0: Me too. And, that's uh, that's one yeah, of the things. Like, fat, I'm, I'm, I'm ter- I am I'm turn 51 next month, and that's one okay. of the things that I- that You whippersnapped. Re- no, just <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things i i really incorporate and it just works now nat- i don't know why but it, you know people are like oh i can't believe you skip breakfast and that, i don't see it as skipping breakfast it just works no. naturally for me yeah. i'm not hungry until I'm not, i know what i do like- do is
1: that uh, the the reason i can do that though is i'll, I'll give you it's taken me months because i i do explore at one point i used to sell a line of supplements back in the day this jesus you've done everything it, it was i i used it There was this, one of them was like, they used this like a Native American route, which was supposed to be like for endurance and stuff like that. It was food form triathlon. So I, I love the product. So I, I asked the guy, listen, can you give me a discount? I'll sell it along. So I was like, God, it was always this crazy karate guy that sold my uh, supplements (laughs) and stuff. So I I do, I've worked up to now I do six to eight week, like, like I cycle on and off because I have this idea. I'm not a, not a nutritionist, but like a, you have to detox for the supplements than to work although some people believe that over time it'll work more but i mean i i i have uh, I, I do use uh, creatine
0: yeah me too uh,
1: this whole you know uh DHEA, yep. the DHEA. yeah DHEA L-arginine L-citrulline yeah, combined yeah. Yeah. um so uh and i'm i'm adding in the the the, the zinc the magnesium yep. uh now so what i do now in the morning is like i like i try to prepare five or six mornings worth of a uh, a sport drink that's more f- for endurance. It's got electrolytes and things like that for my bike ride.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: And then I just take the pills, slap them in my in my mouth. So over the one and a half to two hour bike ride, I'm sipping. uh I have one bottle. I'm going to go to two. So which means now I'm going to have the double amount of the, the electrolytes. And I do the electrolytes and the creatine. I was almost going to mix them together. Yeah. And then put them in. But I just do them. Make sure I want to get the appropriate amounts in there. Right. So uh does that shit work? I, I think it does.
0: I, I think, think it does, does too. I, I feel you know? the difference when I do it, and you. So we're we're very taking very very similar things. Yeah, um, yeah. that and, stuff is
1: is critical. I mean the, the the supplementation. I mean, yeah, you know, it's funny, but some athletes have horrendous diets because some of them don't have the time to, yeah. uh, you know, to uh, to look into that. But um, you know, especially now with the age, you know, so uh, the dieting. You know, I do try to eat. Well, but I I love pizza. I love chocolate. Well, you're, so you're half Italian. I'll go. I'll go an extra five ten miles on the bike just to I'm eat that pie. pizza. I'm gonna have a pie tonight. My daughter, my my, my middle daughter, and I, I are obsessed with pizza. I love it. So, so it's cool. It's cool.
0: But man, whatever <laughs> it's doing, it's working for you. Because I mean, I've seen you with your shirt off lately, and you look great, like you oh, do. Okay.
1: Jesus. So man, I'm, like, I'm getting ready for the summer now. It's like uh you know, I, I gained a. I, I went up i just weighed myself I'm like 164 this morning i got up to 168.7 what you what's your about. height what's your height at i'm about i say about because yeah. <laughs> you you know i i don't know if I hit 57 okay I've, I've measured myself i think I'm okay between so that's a good five, weight six, then five that's a, seven. That's a good yeah. weight listen I, after losing almost 40 pounds i went to my subsequent uh physical the one i did in March i had to do a backup one yeah uh in in the, at the end of September. And when I was in, I was in yeah, like I feel so, I was like, I got down to like 161. He goes, you know, according to this chart, technically you went from obese to overweight because at you should be 159. I'm like, this guy like blew all his the wind out of I was like, you you know what I just did? You know I mean? Just like, you know, I'm like in the best shape of my life. And I get it, those charts are all you know, yeah. skewed and everything like that, yep. but uh But um, you know, I'm 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 paranoid because now you know. Yeah, but you're carrying
0: muscle too, though. Muscle's always going to be heavier than fat. It's
1: good, I guess. Yeah, I like to use that excuse when I. It's wrong, though. I know. (laughs) I say say that, but it's not though. It's not. You're probably right. You're probably right. So, my 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 kids, you know, when I got down, I did get down as low as one fifty nine, and you know, my kids are like, "Dad, you're starting to look anemic." I'm like, "I I, I'm I'm doing something. Yeah, let me do what I got to do because I know I know once." I touch weights like my weight training now is it's, it's ridiculous. I did I did a, uh, a YouTube video on it. I mean, I'll, I'll be lucky if I do maybe two sets, I do a lightweight and a heavyweight because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm serving two purposes right, yeah. for that. But yeah. it's, but I, if the workout lasts more than 10 or 15 minutes, like two or three times a week, but that stuff is like my, my, my muscles are just like take to that stuff like, unbelievable i feel like so good after that so of course what do you do you, you, you start doing more of what you think you feel good about it, and it's like yeah. oh my god i can't get up now you know i mean i was doing all <laughs> you know the you know the squats uh, like i did i just did a, a set of 12 squats you mm-hmm. know two sets of uh, curls with uh 20 pounds and one with 50 pounds that's my mm-hmm. heavy you know mm-hmm. and then some uh, pullovers on the bench you know it's his diagonal yeah. you know i love that because. The concept of the stretching you know yeah, i don't know yeah. if that's true but you know for the breathing and everything like that yeah, yeah. The, the rib cage and so forth yeah so uh and then the plates you know the halo yeah stuff yeah. um so uh but uh because that, that was my first love i actually i i didn't do i did bodybuilding i i went from baseball i lifted i loved lou ferrigno pumping um, iron all that stuff yeah. and, then, and then a little bit of bruce lee and i said like, you know what see i was already thinking back then 12 mm-hmm. 13 why can't I be Bruce Lee and Lou Ferrigno? That dude, nobody's <laughs> gonna stop that dude. Right? So boom, lifting. And you did man, arts. you were jacked back then. Holy shit. Were those videos I of you? The weight training just that we did fun. was so bad. Like really? Because I, I had all my buddies who didn't do martial arts, but they, they love to weight train. Yeah. yeah. Our lifting, we used to lift for five or six hours. Like chest is benching, right? Oh, but you have to do decline flat and incline bench. Yeah. then you got to do close grip and wide grip yeah. reverse grip right the next thing you know you, you're doing like 15 exercises yeah. per body part exactly and, do, and then it's like you got tries but you got different parts of the tries you gotta, you gotta hit gotta, all the heads <laughs> but guys man this is crazy so we just to blast metal and then lift for like five hours <laughs> and then i would go do karate after that at night for like three that's probably why my body would start freezing up at some point. I'm like, I got to maybe lay off a little bit on the lifting. That was like my phenomenal strength training was the concept of, you know, weight training is great for martial arts, unless it overrides your martial arts training. If you yeah. do less martial arts and do more weights, of course, your martial art is going to be, uh, you know, in detriment. So, um, but now it's very scientific you No, know, uh, but
0: um, everything's different now. I mean, even you're talking about supplements. I started taking a supplement called um, L card. What is it called l carnitine carnitine, carnitine. carnitine. okay i am taking a massive amount like 5,000 uh, uh milligrams uh before workout because my problem was i used to get a lot of lactic acid build up on endurance stuff mm. so you get a lot right. of lactic acid build up and and since i've been taking that almost immediately i don't i don't get it anymore i get way more muscle is endurance it?
1: yeah i gotta try that i have not seen it yeah. myself i never took that because you know you the l-arginine and, uh, yeah, and l-citrulline and i thought everything was the build building blocks like i i you know, I don't know how good of a philosophy is, but it's like you can't just take testosterone, but if you get the building blocks of it mm-hmm. to help Generated to some degree that that Mm -hmm. was my philosophy i've never gotten my test i'm almost afraid to get my testosterone tested but i figured my wife would say listen i think you have enough so don't please don't take don't do anything please (laughs) do not do anything please you know i mean i'm trying to lift the house up at some point or another i don't know i'm I'm almost scared of that stuff because you start mussing around chemically with your body i mean i've seen some ugly shit in the long in the long term you know it's almost like uh, you know doing you know uh, front thousands of front kicks with ankle weights which everybody's done i've done it but yeah, never stop doing it
2: yeah. <laughs> you're need, you're need, but you're gonna
1: need new knees at some i think i think your body's chemical system is uh you know yeah. it's the same way you can really yeah. do some damage you know yeah. uh in that respect um i could see for a temporary like an illness or something taking a steroid of some some kind but mm-hmm. That stuff i wouldn't even know where to begin you know uh you know there's a whole industry you know,
0: built around it now it's like you know these longevity doctors it's
1: not even an afterthought you know, 50 yeah. low, low trt this and that yeah i remember there was this guy you ever see those ads there was this guy like an old looking doctor genetic, genetics whatever. <laughs> yeah. the guy i looked a, like he was 80 years old and he was fucking just and like, i'm like i called once just <laughs> to get some information they they were relentless for like six months. Like Marco, you know, you're gonna have a you have a tire around your belly. Uh, yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm doing sit ups and running, man. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm okay right now. I don't have to like they want me to go on like a two thousand dollar a month like yeah. a, you know replacement therapy chemicals. Yeah. I'm like, I can't. I was in my 40s at the time when I was oh, wow. like Oh wow. No. Yeah. No, because I it's impressive. You know, it's the ads. You know, me studying ads. I'm like, wow, this is. You yeah, know, I get, think, didn't that guy die? I think, that guy, <laughs> Did he? I think his partner still runs the company. I, thought, Jesus, I think I he had a heart attack But um I don't know, man. It's uh they, that whole industry is wild. It's, it's yeah. really wild. It is <laughs> supplementation that you know they would, they're starting to make stuff look like you know, you can take it from syringes or it's coming from some lab. Yeah, it's yeah. and then you know, I I I wrote this in my book. It's like you you'd look at all of those supplements and everyone has a disclaimer it said this may work with a good training diet, diet. Mm, like, yeah all right yeah I mean, you you train yeah you, you know I, that's not to disparage amount of work these guys do but, like i was so obsessed with bodybuilding and just realized it's you know there were guys dying on stage you yeah. know and then, and then you look at the you know the, the, the water like they try to get their yes. skin to onion level so you can see all the striations on there I'm like but you see that's how you should think as a martial artist right we do you know with fighting and techniques and everything like that but yeah. but that's a bad it's like it's like being a really good criminal, you know. Uh you know my, <laughs> you know if you you gotta you gotta watch out for those guys that are really obsessed with becoming good at things. You gotta make yeah. sure it's something, you know, worth worthwhile, you know, or philanthropic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what what you what are your goals now coming up? What what do you want to do well, with all this? Listen,
1: I I um you know. It, it's you. You want to create a situation where, and and I realize the more I'm trying to create something where it's like like a little bit on autopilot. Like let's let's talk about the videos and the martial arts training yeah. and the digital stuff because I see a lot of guys that are successful. But I know, see, once somebody knows that they think they got something, like I already see some guys that have been successful and they're trying to change their business model online because nothing lasts. Mm. Once something works, everybody jumps on that shit and. You got to try to stay one step ahead. So, mm. but how do you do that? Some, like I'm reverting a little bit to the old school, but I'm trying to learn about funnels, yeah, things of like that. Like, like right now, my website, I just threw it up. I don't really have a website. My website is the, is the e-commerce store. So you go mm. to the site, whereas before I had clips and this and that, I have mm. some testimonials. And, and I'll whatever. make
0: sure everything's in the description here too. Oh,
1: that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to get to the point where he, here's, here's where I want to be. Uh, Three or four years from now, I have a decent portfolio of properties.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I got a team helping me run. I am generating great rental income. I enjoy brokerage because I love to me it's like jujitsu when I'm when I when I am dealing with a client that owns a billion dollars worth of real estate. Like listen, right now I'm representing Columbia University. I'm selling mm. a site for them, wow. Montefiore Hospital, oh, wow. the cerebral, the cerebral palsy organization. These are oh, my clients. Wow. I'm selling. I mean, I could never say, like, I'm just a kid from the Bronx, you know, mm-hmm. and you, and I have these institutions that are using me to sell their commercial property. So I, I could never stop. I don't think I can ever stop doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my daughter hopes not because she's mm-hmm. on my team. So is my brother mm-hmm. and my cousin. So that's like, I, I, I feel like I'm right now I'm, I'm doing a dry run of my retirement. I have a great team right. I'm doing commercial real estate. I, my properties I need more where they could be completely self-sufficient, but I envision a a dojo where I'm going to train there myself. Like think about this. What if I sent out a text and I said, listen, uh, guys, Friday at around nine 30, 10 o'clock, we're going to take my judo chart that has the 60 throws. We're going to do every throw 10 times. It might take us about eight, nine, 10 hours to do, but we're going to do that this weekend. (laughs) Now, you know, and then whether I have a class or not, I just want to ha- that's gonna be in one of my properties where I can do stuff like
0: that. You right? have the ability. And then
1: yeah. and then part of it is a studio yeah. where I where I'm gonna start Filming. shooting all, all my free content, maybe teach and do seminars. But you know what I'm gonna be doing? Mm. What I when I wrote phenomenal endurance training, I took my first ad out in inside kung fu and I got my first check for 1495 with the little coupon clipped out. The guy wrote his name and address on it. oh man, if I sell a million of these, I can train all day. I got nothing to worry about right wasn't that isn't that always wasn't that always our goal yeah yeah. you know like like a like a monk that's how I looked at you know you hear about Oyama going into the mountains they said three years but then I heard it was two 18 month stints and some guy did give him some rations so it's how do you eat if you're training in the mountains all day by yourself like I'm like you know what that would be so cool like I used to tell my uh you know Hioki is like you know I could just imagine like fighting in knockdown tournaments he was chuckling when I would say this. Like I'd have a gi for every tournament. I'd have I'd have a workout suit for every day of the week. And like this guy, you know, <laughs> it's almost like a Conor McGregor-ish type, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> philosophy there. But uh, you know, uh, God bless. But I I think it all comes down to I want to be able to train and still have a life where I can like right now I don't have to technically support my family. I mean, you know, my daughter. Worked at Goldman Sachs. Now she's at Ernst and Young. My other one works for me. My son's got a year to go. He's studying finance. He thinks he's going to be a combination of Gary Vee and Elon Musk. <laughs> he's he's the one that's <laughs> you no know, he helped me digitize my entire product line, set up the website, cool. uh, did the e-commerce, at we I use Equid. Um, so now he can't stand it. You know he's like. Mark, what do you think about if I change like dad? So now I'm now I'm going in there like all that stuff that I do with music and this I'm doing that now because I'm relearning.
0: Like right. when
1: when I did my when I came out with the videos originally, I went out back then. I spent like fifteen thousand dollars to be able to do a, get a laser printer. The, the screens were like the size of a TV, yeah. like this thick. <laughs> so I was designing my own catalogs.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: I, I would literally I had a I had a fifty page catalog once where I was starting to include knives. I'd worked out a deal with Everlast. Wow. and i was shooting the pictures i was writing the type and i'm like i just i you can't there was it was not sustainable because i didn't have like an art department i'm like sure oh shit i got to do another catalog a 50-page catalog you know it took me like a hundred hours of typesetting <laughs> to, to do that shit. you know but uh but that's that's how i that's how obsessed i was so to be able to to me i guess it comes down to, i want to be able to wake up and train now but nobody mm-hmm. bothered me. So, yeah that's not yeah. that's not asking for too much is it No, <laughs> that's not asking for too much, you know but uh, you know two dogs three kids you know this that and the other thing i saw that one clip on your instagram where you you called you you're like looking away and you called your dogs yeah yeah that shit is so i got two poodles they're like 10 pounds each i mean i saw those things i'm like man that's i always want you know that was I, that was pretty cool i mean uh
0: that that's my day every day that's kind I, I of silly but
1: right? i remember seeing that on uh, on your Instagram. you know <laughs> you just call their name and you see them flying out from behind i love
0: it <laughs> all right my oh, friend i'm, gonna, I'm so, i
1: can probably go on for about 10 hours i'm sorry man. no like don't
0: say this has been amazing i didn't want to eat up too much of your time i feel like it like it's been like an hour and a half i don't want to <laughs> i feel feel bad but uh, you're, you're you're an inspiration yeah. honest to god man on so many levels from martial arts to just on your entrepreneurship everything you're you're an amazing gentleman i appreciate uh, it, it it's been an absolute honor
1: thank uh, you and it's so cool you know what you're doing uh i hope it blows up i will help in any way that i can too um, you know the foundation, the Kyokushin foundation. uh We can't not succeed. We can't mm. not succeed,
0: right? I you so. have to you
1: gotta keep pushing.
0: Yeah. Us. Any final words for your uh, fans and people out there?
1: Listen, I just um, I, you know when when I get like I said when I get an email where somebody says, marco like somebody just uh, sent me a DM. He's like, "I bought your knockout video. I saw it hundreds and hundreds of times. It completely. i like." that's impossible, man. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's a, it's a strange feeling. I'll tell you one more anecdote. Like yeah. I was on a sales trip, you know, with my firm, national company, billion dollar firm. I'm speaking to, we, we were in a, we are in a hotel in, um, in Hawaii. Right. Mm-hmm. That was like the sales trip for the top earners and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm like drinking there. Some, the, the, one of the, 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 the waiters or something comes flying over. He goes, Hey, this is for you. I'm like, He's like, oh, so you have ever, to you ever, you ever see that coming to America, you know, where he's yeah. on a date. And he's like, so this guy's oh, oh so he's like, my boss is like, what's that all about? He's the guy told me he was watching my videos. He opened up a kickboxing school on the <laughs> island and everything. Cause I was like, get away from me. You know what I mean? That, that's so humbling when I, when I hear that stuff and, um, you know, it's just, it's just amazing to be able to take a passion and, uh, you know, and, and. Take, you know, bring it to another level. And that's what I hope to do. I hope to, I got a lot of, a lot of time to make up. And, uh, thanks to guys like yourself, acknowledging it. It's really, it's, it's humbling. I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but, uh, it's like, wow, you know what I mean? Nah, <laughs> and I man, appreciate it, the time.
0: <laughs> I'm the one that's humbled by it. And, uh, yeah, I I'm, I'm looking forward to checking Post. on your success coming up. So thank you so Post. much. Well Thank uh, you.
1: I,